Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Girl Next Door Parenthood Friday and today is going to be a continuation of last Friday where I talked about how do you know what kind of school to pick for your child, high school and primary and I just had too much to get through last week so I'm really sorry I didn't get to finish. I thought I would split it into two because I really do want to spend time unpacking this. So last week we spoke about the pros and the cons of both Christian schools and public schools. And of course, like I said, I've come at this from two perspectives as a parent, but also as a teacher, someone who's been in the education system for 20 years. And of course, there's no conclusion that I would come to that Christian is better than public or public is better than Christian. I think every school is different and you need to make a decision according to what's best for your child. Like I said, when we were in Adelaide, I absolutely loved the Christian school that Georgia was in and that I taught in. When we moved here to Queensland, um, we had a, a better experience and I absolutely loved the primary school that they were at, which was a public school. But then I equally, in fact, the highlight of my children's schooling has been the high school that we've chosen for them, which I want to unpack a little bit more today. So um, we ended last week where I talked a little bit about our journey and how I picked um, or my experience in in the public school, Christian versus public school system. But today I want to get just um, a little bit more practical with you guys and unpack a little bit on what to look for. Like, how do you even go about looking for a school, primary school and high school? By the way, this even includes kindy. Um, I'm a huge fan of the C&K style kindies that we have here in Queensland, but I couldn't get Ashton into one at the time. So um, anyway, that's a whole other story is what kindy to pick. So um, let's get a bit more specific and unpack what kinds of things can you look for when it comes to picking a primary school for your child. And this, by the way, can be something that you do whether you're walking into a Christian school or a state school. Okay, so one thing that we always did for both, let me start off with both primary and high. Cameron and I always did a walkthrough when we were looking at a particular school. But let me give you a big, big piece of advice when it comes to walkthroughs. Don't go to the actual properly scheduled open days. If you can, be that painful parent that rocks up into the admin building when they're least expecting you. Now, Cameron and I kind of did this accidentally at first because we picked our primary school really quickly. When we were moving them into their public school, we had to do it very quickly. And so I didn't have time to wait for an open day. So I just randomly walked in one day. Then we happened to do the same thing again when it came to a high school. We were just driving past and decided, let's pop into Kimberley College and have a quick look. But I'm really glad that I did because schools can make themselves look really good for a planned open day. 
But when you drop by and they don't know that you're coming, you really get to see behind the scenes. Uh, It's like when you drop into someone's house unannounced and they haven't cleaned it up for you, you're going to get to uh, get a pretty uh, quick picture of how they really live. Schools are the same. So look, I'm sure that if anyone's listening from a school right now, they're like, don't tell them that Renee. But anyway, that was a huge piece of advice that really helped us because on both occasions, That was the very thing that sold the school to us. The fact that we got to see the school unannounced, not, you know, not planned. They didn't know we were coming. We really got to, you know, peek behind the curtain, so to speak. And we liked what we saw and that's how we picked their school. So with the primary school, we could not believe how well behaved the kids were at the start of lunch. So we dropped in, it must've been about 11.30 and the bell went for lunch. Now this primary school, had a thousand students. And I, even as a teacher, was in awe of the way all of these children came out at once, grabbed their lunch boxes, and calmly and quietly, they all knew where to go. They all sat in these different designated areas and they sat down and ate their lunch in a really kind of calm and well behaved manner. And I'd never seen that before. I was like, I want to pick this school just based on that because I knew. That if that school had their routines and the children's behavior down pat when it came to lunchtime, then I knew that behavior wouldn't be a problem in that school. Now, the high school tour, I'm, I, I kid you not, when Cameron and I dropped into our children's now high school, the, the deputy principal took us around and by the end, we were both in tears. It's ridiculous. And we were so impressed with this school and it wasn't their facilities, by the way. We were so impressed that Cameron and I at the time said, if we ever ran a church, this is the kind of way we'd want to run a church based off this school. And I'll, I'll explain that more in, in a little while. But um, uh, I remember at the time when we dropped into Kimberley College, the electricity had gone off. So here we were rocking up for a quick chat with the deputy and the electricity had gone off and he said, Hey, just come with me and I'll I'll walk you around. And we were just in awe. Some of the children were cleaning and sweeping. Others were sitting outside in small groups under trees, having maths lessons, but both times primary and high school, we got to see the real deal, uh, of both the deputies, but the school itself. And we were just so impressed. So anyway, all right, what do you look for with a primary school? Now, you're going to think these are really weird things that I tell you, but um, I'm going to open up my teacher brain for a moment and give you a couple of secrets of what to look for. The first one would be this, always look at the bookwork of the prep students. Okay, the prep students, meaning reception students, depending on what state that you are from. Always see if you can have a sneaky look at the prep books because this actually gives you a really good indicator of the kind of education standard that you can expect right throughout the rest of the school. The standard really does begin in the foundational year of prep. Now, I can say this because I was the head of prep in Adelaide for about five years in my school. So what to look for? Um... Now, at first, if you're there in term one and term two, you should be looking out for students being taught to properly write the alphabet letters and sight words. By sight words, I'm talking about the hundred most common words. So they should be starting to write words like and, the, my, it, 
he, she. But if you are there by term three, you should be starting to see some bookwork where the children are starting to string sentences together. Now, I'm talking, you know, two or three sentences makes up a short story in prep. And of course, their pages and their lines will be far apart. uh, But you should be starting to see the semblance of sentence writing starting to happen. So it really does tell you a lot uh, because some prep programs, and I found this more in Queensland than in Adelaide, but I think it's definitely improved in Adelaide, uh, in Queensland since, but prep was really like another kinder year where there was a lot of play. Now there still should be a lot of play, by the way, in prep, because I think they need both, but they really should be starting to do some formal book work in prep. So look out for that. Um, Also, uh, another thing to look for, look at the toilets. I kid you not. Now, Pastor Brian Houston actually says this about a church as well. Go and look in their toilets. But I say the same for schools because you can tell a lot about the standard of a school by the way that they treat their toilets. So, you know, they don't have to be the latest and greatest technology. The toilets in our primary school were literally those old 1980s toilets, but they were clean and they kind of smell okay. (laughs) Unless you go at the end of the day, then it's like, oh my Lord. But anyway, look at the toilets. Are they clean? The third thing I would tell you to look at, so bookwork toilets in a primary school, look at the work being displayed on the walls in the classroom. First of all, is there any work on the walls? Uh, But secondly, is it well presented? Or is it just sloppy wall work. And I don't mean the the work of the students. I'm talking about the way that it's displayed by the teacher. It gives you a really fair idea about how passionate teachers are. The most passionate, hardworking teachers always have a variety of the students' work all around the classroom. And it's usually hung up in a really uh, organized, um, well-maintained kind of a way. So, This is the links I used to go to when I would hang up my students' work. I would even put colored borders. I would staple color borders around the work and then hang it. Okay, I know that's probably a little bit too OCD, but it really does tell you if the teacher is taking pride in the work and the way they hang it on the wall, then I can guarantee you that they're taking pride in all areas of the education that happens inside their classroom. Don't look at their desk, by the way, (laughs) because some of the best teachers I know had really messy desks, uh, but they're not messy by the end of the day because they clean them up. But um, a teacher's desk in primary school is literally their workstation. So our desks are usually full of piles of work and our program. And look, you will find all sorts, prize boxes and you name it, you will find it on our desk. The other thing you can do, Talk to a few students when you go about your your tour or your walkthrough. See how they interact with you. Are they polite? Do they seem happy? Are they good communicators? Um, Because it really does give you an indication of the kind of standards that are being set in the school. We used to teach our students how to talk to adults. And this was not just in the Christian school, but in the public school. We were very big on respect, whether that was to another student, to a teacher, or to guests that came in. So really take note 
of how the students talk to to you and to other guests that might be um, coming in. Uh, also look at how the teachers interact with one another as well. That gives you a good indication of the kind of culture that uh, is going on amongst the staff. And that's really important as well. All right. So that covers primary school. I think something I didn't say in the last podcast is um, what you really are looking for is the culture of the school. And I think a Christian school can have a great culture. A public school can have a great culture. A Christian school can also have a not so great culture and so can a public school. So it doesn't matter, private or public, try and get a feel for the kind of culture of the school. And by culture, I'm not talking about where people come from. I'm talking about the feel, the mood, the attitude, the vibes that you get when you walk through a school. Cameron and I knew immediately, and we went through a few schools for a walkthrough, but we knew immediately when we'd found the right school for our children, both primary and high school. The culture was the kind of culture that we wanted our children to be a part of. All right, let's talk about high school for a moment. High schools are a little bit different. There are different things that I look for in a primary, in a high school compared to a primary school. Okay, so I'll just put it out there. I did look at the year 12 ATAR results of a few different high schools, but it was by no means Cameron's and my driving factor in why we chose the high school that we did. Um, But I did want to have a look because I clearly didn't want to pick a school where I felt that the academic rigor was not to a standard where my, you know, children were not going to achieve um, a reasonable ATAR at the end of year 12. But in saying that, it certainly was not the most important thing. But I did have a look and our school sat really well um, with with the ATAR. It certainly wasn't the top school, but that didn't worry me. I just didn't want it to be a, a low performing school when it came to ATAR. All right. So Cameron and I were honestly so blessed and super duper lucky to find the high school that we have found. Please let me just say that the high school that we have found is very, very rare. There are very, very few high schools that run the way that my children's high school run. Um, And so uh, I guess I'm still going to put out there what our values were. I think you can still find a school with the same values, even though it might not be ran the same. So from an educational perspective, our school pretty much followed um, a Finnish education kind of system. If you don't know what that is, go go and look it up. Um, But it had a lot of very different values when it came to the education. Uh, So before we found Kimberley College, we did go to another very large, well-known state high school and uh, and did a walkthrough. And this is a very well-known state high school um, in Queensland. It's got a fantastic reputation and it was really great, but it just, I just felt like my kids would get lost there. It's got literally about 3000 students, very good reputation, but I just didn't feel it. You know, Um, a good friend of mine did pick that school for her friends and they had a great experience and I've no doubt my children would have thrived there, but just, you've got to go with that inner gut. You've got to go with that gut feeling. I just wasn't feeling it. Um, But when Cameron and I, like I said, we dropped into Kimberley College and the uh, electricity had gone off and we got to have a really good chat with the deputy. And like I said, we were literally in tears by the end. So it was hands down. We picked that school, even though 
it's gone through a lot of hiccups, a few hiccups in the last few years, but we've stuck with it and just, we still love it. Um, so we ended up there and we picked it for really weird reasons again. Uh, firstly, the deputy talked like he really loved his job and that was important to me. You'll find that high school teachers or high school principals and deputies are really different to primary school deputies. Um, he, he just, I, I, he told us his story. He told us the story of how he'd been really disenfranchised with education and teaching, and he was about to give up and change careers. And then he met the principal of KC and that really turned his life around. And he started teaching at KC and he's never looked back. And I can see why our principal was what I consider a once in a lifetime leader. And his philosophies on students and on education on an, and on how a high school should be ran just resonated so deeply with Cameron and I. And it's really hard to explain <clears throat> in one podcast, but let's just say it is or was the most out of the box school that we had ever seen. And so for me, if I find something out of the box, I'm like, sign me up. Now, this was me as a teacher as well, really having to think outside the box to send my children there. But the main reason we picked the school was that our school is more focused on raising morally good young people than young people filled with knowledge. That for me in a high school is more important than an ATAR score. I am more concerned about the kind of teachers who will be teaching them and the people who will be surrounding them. Um, and how, you know, all of the, um, where the pressure is going to be put and the pressure was not put on their results. It was put on their behavior. And I was happy with that. I was happy for them to have more of a focus on my kids' moral hearts, because that is who Cameron and I are as people. So how did they outwork that? Well, Year seven to nine, they stayed in the same classroom with the same teachers for those whole three years. They didn't move around. The school felt that moving around from class to class was wasted time. So in that respect, it was probably ran a little bit more like a primary school. Um, and I loved that. I loved that my kids had pretty much the same teachers right through year seven, eight, nine, and they got to know us. They got to know uh, my children. And I loved that. They were all about engaging their hearts. They were not a number at my school, at our high school. They were not given grades. And I know this is going to mess with some of your heads, but I loved this. They were not given grades like ABC. They instead focused on what their strengths were and what potential growth area areas were. They didn't do, they don't do exams until year 11. I'm actually disappointed that they've just brought exams into year 10. I'm actually a bit disappointed about that. Um, but anyhow, I can understand why they have. And they also don't do NAPLAN. So I would sign a form every year for my children to be withdrawn from NAPLAN. So pretty much at our school, you had to sign for them to, um, you had to opt in to NAPLAN. But otherwise, the majority of us, we just opted out. As a teacher, I don't like NAPLAN. I saw what it did to our primary school. I know what it did to my, uh, my timetable as a teacher in primary school, and I'm not a huge fan of NAPLAN. Um, they had a thematic approach across all subjects and it didn't matter whether it was maths, English, SOS, the themes ran across all their units, all their subjects, and they were life themes. They were moral heart themes like dignity and why money won't buy happiness. Anyway, I'm digressing. <laughs> I just am totally in love with our high school. Uh, Cameron and I looked for a school. This is important. 
that had a no mobile phone policy during the day. Now, far too many high schools do not uh, ban phones during the day. How do you know? Have a look at the number of young people that are on Instagram during the day or that when you text them, they text you back. Our principal used to say that he had no time and no respect for any principal who couldn't control something so basic as mobile phones in their school. And I agree. In fact, funny story. Um, Okay. Our principal used to have a metal detector and he would do random checks on their classroom and go, go through their bags with a metal detector to make sure that they had handed their phones in for the day. So every teacher had a box, a special box, um, and all the children, all the students would put their phones in the box and the box got locked away in the teacher's room. And people might say, oh, how can we contact my, my child if I need to during the day? The same way that my parents would contact me back in the day, you ring the office if it's really kind of urgent. Uh, the other thing I loved about our school And you might not agree with this one, particularly if you have a child that loves technology, but we had minimal computer and minimal Googling in our, in our high school. And I love that. The philosophy was that children don't learn to think if they Google everything. Now take it from me. When I have students come to the Academy who are 18, 19 and 20, they really struggle to think for themselves. I do a lot of brainstorming in the academy and I will throw a question at them. And most of the time they look at me blank and I really have to reteach them how to think without just throwing a question into Google. So our school's philosophy was let's ask them questions where they're not going to find the answers on Google. Things like what can we learn from world wars? Uh, I remember our principal talking about things like that. So I wanted my children to learn to think for themselves. And I love that there was, and still is, minimal work on iPads and computers. So this crazy out-of-the-box school has engaged their hearts and it's engaged ours as parents as well. They were, for a number of years, the number one fundraising school for World Vision in the whole of Australia. I just loved that. And the way that they would raise money was the the students ran ran a student-led fair every year. They don't do it anymore, unfortunately, because we've got a different principal now. Um, But they really were about teaching our young people, my children, not what can you do for me, but what can I do for others? There was no pressure to perform for marks, but a real heart motivation to improve themselves in whatever area, whether that be education or something else. Another thing that you can do when picking a high school, park outside a high school and uh, at the end of the day, don't look too creepy about it or anything, but you know, park near a school that you're considering and watch the students come out listen to what they say, look at their behavior. Cameron and I did this. We watched the students come out. And again, we were so impressed. There was no boyfriends, girlfriends holding hands. Um, There was no students. No one was sitting on their phone. They were actually talking to one another and engaging with one another. And I loved that. Uh, And there was a lot of respect whenever the students would walk past a teacher. And by the way, our school is, was not hot on the uniform. 
Like they were, they were reasonable with the uniform. The, the students would wear the sports uniform most of the time, but when they did wear it, they still wanted them to be neat and tidy. Uh, and I was fine with that. And they were very big on respect to adults and respect to, to the teachers, which you could see in the way that they interacted, but they, the teachers love the students and vice versa. Look, the, the school is certainly not perfect, but it is perfect for us. And just, just let me remind you guys, you're not going to find a perfect school, just like you're not going to find a perfect church or a perfect family, but it just needs to be a perfect fit for you. My children, and I think I said this either at the start of this podcast or last week, um, but my, my children had um, Muslim teachers, Jehovah's Witness teachers, Mormon teachers. They even had a lesbian teacher. And all of our teachers loved my children and my children loved all of them back. They taught them. uh, I think being at this school, which like I said, is private, but not Christian. It actually has taught my children that they can love someone with different beliefs. They can respect someone with different beliefs. They can listen to someone with different beliefs, but they can still also be true to what we believe. And I, oh my gosh, I'm going to tear up again. These parenting podcasts make me tear up. That's what my children have walked out with. And they, my children love God with all their hearts. And as you know, they're 20, nearly 18 and 15. And they have not been in a Christian school. Ashton has never been in a Christian school. Neither is Liam, only Georgia. Oh no, sorry, Georgia and Liam for, for the very start of their schooling. Um, but the, what they have walked away with, the richness of the experience they've walked away with has just been incredible. Uh, in high school, their friends will have a lot more weight in their lives than in primary school. They start to be influenced more by their friends um, than, uh, than what they previously have. So I did know that that was a risk for us with them not being in a Christian environment. But like I said before, I also knew that a lot of young people from Christian schools drop out, drop out of their faith, drop out of going to church when they go to university. That is not unusual for that to happen. And so I knew that that was a risk either way. Um, So what I did do is we had to make sure that Cameron and I as parents and us as a family were very proactive and engaged in parenting our teenagers and didn't just leave it to the school. We made sure that their main friendship group came from our youth group. If you have got a high schooler, for us, youth going to youth is compulsory in our household. I'll talk about that in another podcast for sure. But we minimized the social time they spent outside of school. I mean, they'd certainly had a few close friends um, from their high school that were, you know, didn't have the same beliefs as what we did. And we were totally fine with that. But when it came to parties and uh, any other social interaction, we kind of minimized that. We didn't make a big deal of it, but we minimized it and we maximized them spending time with their Christian friends. So that's how we kind of dealt with them being in a non-Christian school. And can you believe that another half an hour almost is up? So guys, they are my two episodes on Christian versus uh, public. So like I said, just to wrap it all out, no one is better than the other. You just need to find the one that's best for you and your family. The other thing I didn't say was um, 
we did pick schools that I knew would be good for all of our children. And all of our children are very different in their needs. And so I was careful. I did feel like one of the schools we were looking at would have been okay for Georgia, but not okay for Liam. And so that made it not okay for our family. I I had to try and find a school that was good for all three of them. In saying that, I know families that have their children in two different schools and that works for them as well. So whatever works for you and your family. Anyway, like I said last time, come and hit me up on social media if you have any questions uh, or if you've got any comments to add to that, I'd love to hear. And until then, and be prayerful too. Pray about what school you should send your children to. Of course, I should have said that at the start because um, I know that, you know, the Holy Spirit will guide you in that as well. Anyway, guys, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic week and I will see you back next week on the Leadership Podcast on Wednesday. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.